I think there is something really significant about momentum and building that momentum, that snowball effect. So to start where you can create impact. So start at those easy sections and then keep track of your word count. See it build because that is exciting. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 43 of Improv is No Joke podcast. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. Today's guest is Kathy Fayok, who is the biz book strategist. As she states on her website, she is your possibility partner, providing you with the intensive support you need to get your book done. Her most recent book, Blog to Book, Repurposing Content to Deliver the Book You've Already Written, is also the title of her seminar that I attended on February 3rd of this year. Her workshop was so powerful, I had to get her on my podcast so she can give you tips about writing blogs to articles and a book. What grabbed my attention were two things. First, Kathy wrote a book in six weeks. That's right, six weeks. It was around 150 pages. Secondly, She hates to write because it's hard work. However, this does help when Kathy is coaching her clients because she understands the pain points and can relate to what her clients are experiencing. That's a sign of a great coach. In this episode, she provides a plethora of writing tips to help you find the motivation to become a writer. Now, we're talking nonfiction business books here. We discussed the business benefit to writing, which is it increases your authority, your expert level in the eyes of your clients, customers, and prospects. It'll differentiate your business from your competition. The thing about writing a book about your business is now this book is your business card. If you give someone your traditional business card, more likely than not, it's going to end up in the trash can. However, no one throws away a book. It can sit on a desk, on a shelf, or anywhere, so at a variety of times, they can see your book, and you've made another impression in their mind. Or worst case scenario, they give the book to someone else, another touch point. If you're thinking about writing a book, then you'll enjoy this interview. As you are listening to the interview, see if you can pick up on some of the principles of improvisation. I'll give you these hints. Focus and yes and are the big two. Keep these in the back of your head while you are enjoying our conversation. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that one of my goals with the podcast is that it'll help you begin to make changes in your work and personal lives so you can better connect with others and create meaningful relationships. Many people have said that it takes 21 days to start a habit. According to Dr. John Molitor, Ph.D., That is incorrect. John is a professor of psychiatry at Michigan State University and the president of NSA Board of Directors. 
He said that the research shows that it takes 66 days to create a habit. So now we have to put in the extra work to create the muscle memory. That's why I created the Yes And Challenge, to keep these principles in front of you so you can build up your improvisational muscle. To sign up, please go to petermargaritas.com and scroll down to the Yes And Challenge call to action and click to register to begin building the productive habit of Yes And and the principles of improvisation. And remember to share your experiences on Twitter using the hashtag YesAndChallenge. If you're unaware what the Yes And Challenge is all about, I discussed this in detail in episode zero. So go back, take a listen. Remember, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you'd like to purchase a personalized signed copy of my book, Improv is No Joke, Using Improvisation to Create Positive Results in Leadership and Life, for $14.99 and the shipping is free, please go to my website and you'll see the graphic on the homepage next to the Yes And Challenge. Please allow up to 14 days for shipping. Well, with that said, let's get to the interview with Kathy Fayok. Kathy, welcome to my podcast, and thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to have a conversation with me today. Well, I'm really glad to be here today and uh, talking with you, Peter. Uh, Kathy and I go way back. Uh, Today is March 2nd. Wow, we've almost known each other. I met you a month ago. I know, one whole month. One whole month, wow. (laughs) And I met Kathy here in Columbus. Uh, She did a seminar called Blog to Book. And it immediately, I mean, she grabbed me when she came home and was just telling us about herself, which I have her do in a moment. But I left that three-hour seminar with Mm -hmm. with my friend Jay Young. And... I didn't, I asked him this question. I said, so Jay, was it worth it? He goes, oh my God, I can't believe how much it was worth. I mean, this was great. I mean, he had nothing but, and I said, good, because I feel the same way. And 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 she, she gave us these buttons to keep us, you know, a reminder about, you know, writing my, writing your book. And it says, ask me about my book. And I'm, oh good, I love the fact you have yours on. I'm that wearing is mine. great. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's wonderful I guess motivating factors is to, you know, is to wear this when you're out and stuff to keep you motivated and to write that book because we all know writing is such an enjoyable task that a lot of us do every single day. That's sarcasm. Right. <laughs> Cause, cause mo- Extreme. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's what this conversation is I'm going to have with Kathy because I was so enamored with, with, with her message and how to motivate to write that first, I'm going to let her tell, her tell you a little bit about herself. Okay. Well, um, for many, many years, I was a human resources consultant. I was an author, consultant, speaker. Um, I was on faculty for the Society for Human Resource Management and, and loved working in that field. But, you know, I think there comes a point in all of our careers where we become just a little burnt out and we're ready for something new and we want to reinvent ourselves. And that's where I found myself back in um, 2013. Uh, About this time, I got a call from my chapter of um, the National Speakers Association. And they said, Kathy, we understand you wrote one of your books in less than six weeks. Is that right? (laughs) And I said, well, actually, I wrote 
uh, four of my five books at the time in less than six weeks. And they said, oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> they said, do you, do you have a process? And I thought, that is the most interesting question. Nobody has ever asked me that question before. So I had to think about it. Do I have a process? And I thought, yeah, I do. Um, and he said, well, um, would you be willing to talk with us about your process? And I said, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he said, but before you say yes, he said, we have two of our chapter members who are working on their books. Would you be willing to coach them using your process uh, and then give us the report? then present to the chapter. And I said, okay, you had me at give a presentation and I'm still hooked <laughs> because I thought, you know, I know it works for me, but I'm, I'm curious, does it work for other people? I don't know. I don't know. So I coached these two women and uh, during the coaching process, they said to me, Kathy, have you ever thought about being a book coach? And I had to say no, because I'd never even heard of a book coach before. <laughs> and uh, so I got to thinking about it and I thought, you know, this could be the perfect reinvention. And after I gave my program to the chapter, my friends came up to me and said, Kathy, you you could be you could be a book coach. You should do this. And I thought, you know, this is it. This is it. So um, that was in the spring of 2013. And by January of 2014, I was in business as a book coach. Wow. I, I'm still getting my <laughs> mind. And even at the same when you said you wrote a book in six weeks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> some some people it's taken six years. Some people it's taken them sixteen years. Some people still have it in their head and, and just have a hard time getting it out. And, and I think you said in the seminar something like like you really love to write. <laughs> not. <laughs> well, well, she no. said she said not. <laughs> not, not. I said not. Um, no, I really. Uh, truth be told, I, I hate to write. I think it is hard hard work. Uh, and I say this as an author of eight books now, and as a book coach, I really do hate to write. So I get it when my when my uh, coaching clients come to me and say, I need a book. I want a book. I really, really got to get this thing out of me. But I'm not a fan because, <laughs> you know, and, and really all of my clients pretty much do not like to write. Because what I found is if you like to write, you're going to write it and it's going to be done. So I primarily work with folks who really don't like the writing process or find that it's really intimidating or really hard to get started or they've been stuck. And those are my clients. Then you have a lot of clients. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what, 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 what a great niche. So you, you don't like to write, but you're a book coach. And I think because of that, and because that's when you had me, at, at, when you opened up at the seminar and said that, I went, okay, the, I, she knows the pain. And, and e even 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 my buddy Jay Young, who who has his PhD and can write dissertation, wrote a dissertation, and, and he he was oh uh, yeah uh, yeah uh, that was the big connector for us. I think that was the big connector for everybody in the room. Even <laughs> even though you had a lot of people in there who had written a number of books, yeah, it, it is tough. So what what is what is the biggest tip on getting past or, or getting started or or getting it out of your head on the paper? Well, I think 
one of the first things is to be really clear on your purpose. Like, what do you want to do with this? Is it just because you have always wanted to write a book or are you writing a nonfiction book around your area of expertise as a way to establish your thought leadership, as a way to get more clients, more business? Is it as a revenue stream? There can be a number of reasons that you may want to write. They're all legitimate, but that may inform how you go about writing the book in a very different way. So I say that's that's maybe one of the first things is get really, really clear on what it is you want to do with this book. Um, if it's going to be the cornerstone of your business, for example, if you're going to build a consulting or coaching business around this book, well, then it needs to be linked to your business's strategic plan. And you need to have a plan for how you're going to to implement it and use it and execute with it. So that's that I think is one of the most important things is getting really, really clear on your purpose. Um, beyond that is <laughs> to get really, really clear on what is this book about. I think a lot of people get stuck because they know a lot. Um, and folks that you know, who are around my age, who have been around the block a time or two, they could write several books potentially, but you can only write one book at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and even that is, is sometimes tricky. So that is why it is so important to get focused on what is not your topic. That's a little too broad. It's about what is your, what is your thesis statement? What is your 30-second commercial? And that's why I love my, uh, my buttons, my magic buttons. <laughs> and and uh, uh, you were, you were uh, talking about the fact, I love to give these to my clients and to folks who uh, attend my sessions because it really is a magic button. First of all, it's magic when you just put it on and you wear it in public <laughs> because you are making a statement. Yes, I'm claiming the fact that I'm working on a book. Uh, I lo- I'm, I'm going in this direction and nobody can stop me. Uh, but then the, the second thing it does is when you wear this button, people will ask you, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this yet, yet, Peter, but people will ask you, so tell me about your book and you're going to have to say something. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it will it will uh, it will really help you. I, I know I just did a presentation for my NSA Kentucky chapter uh, Monday night, and uh, someone posted on Facebook she wore her button to the Walgreens that night after the <laughs> and she said two people asked her about her book. She said she was so excited and she was talking about her book, and it was the first time she'd really been talking about her book, and that's magical because you are gaining information from. Um, the potential readers about what resonates with them, what is compelling about your topic. Have you really honed it properly? Have you have you focused your topic substantially? So those those things are really important. And I think probably even more than purpose, I think getting really, really clear on what is your book about may be the most important part about writing a book. I, I think you... Uh... If I translate that, not a big translation here, but I, I haven't. I guess I haven't thought about it this way. I think you really clarified it for me. You ultimately, so if I'm going to write a book to help the business establish a thought leadership, then I really need to come up with a business plan for the book. 
Yeah. <laughs> and in essence of, okay, because you said, what's the mission of the company? What's the mission? Of, uh, how does this align with it? What do I want it to do? How, and I can see kind of laying it out uh, really like just a, like a business plan, but I, I've never thought about, I well, I didn't, we didn't do that with my first book. So I, or we did, and I just wasn't that clear about it. <laughs> um, and I'll go with, I was, I was, I just had to get this thing at that time. I just had to get this thing out of my head. I had no idea, uh, what would come of it. It just needed to get out of my head. But I, I, I like that because then it helps you, me, whoever's listening to wear the button because in all transparency, I haven't worn the button because I, I haven't, I don't have, if somebody asked me, Tell me about your book. Uh, yeah, what not, are you going to say? What yeah. am I going to say? And, 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 I, and I don't have that that clarity to it. Um, and, and then I would revert to, well, let me tell you about, about the book I wrote two years ago. But I really want to think about, and also listening and, and me remembering a month ago, by wearing it, by talking to people, you're doing, you're getting some additional research. Yes, you're doing research, you're getting clarity in your own head. Um, it's helping you on a number of different levels. Plus, it's starting to create the buzz about your book because I think one of the hardest things about writing a book is selling a book and <laughs> and getting it out there. And so you you have to start marketing your book as you begin writing your book. And this is one of the ways to do that. I can see that. I'll share a story with you. I remember when I had 200 copies, when my book was done, showed up, I brought it into the house and I just looked at it. And my wife goes, man, aren't you so excited? I went, now what the hell do I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cleaned it up for my podcast, but it was something. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And, and, exactly. And, and I think the, the marketing part of the book has been probably the, the biggest learning experience I've had in my business over the last two years on different ways of marketing a book. Uh, and and some have said that uh, these thought leadership type of books, they're really just business cards in essence because they're opening up a door. And the great thing about a book is to use it in that marketing thought process is you can give somebody a business card and that business card could end up in the trash. Nobody throws a book away. No, they may give it to somebody else. They may not open it, but it stays either on their shelf or on somebody else's shelf. You're right. So um, it's a powerful marketing tool, but but only if you if you plan it in, in the way that, that you want to use it. So for example, with my books um, that are about writing, and I have two books now about writing, they really are the foundation for my coaching programs. And that's what I build my coaching programs around so that that serves as the curriculum for going through and, and working with me. So yeah, you have to start with that, that end in mind for sure. And, and kind of work your way back in a project management type of type of uh, realm. Sure do. Okay, so I, I've got my business plan. I, I've got some clarity. I'm, I may not have a title, but that's that will come. So now I need to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, where do you start? Because so many people get ah, it's so overwhelming. Well, first of all, I, before you even get to the starting to write, I think it's important to also get clarity on sort of the whole 
the whole business plan for your book, which includes not only the purpose, not only the, the thesis statement, but also your targeted reader. Who is that reader? And it's not everybody. It's some specific audience. So getting really clear on who that target market is and then starting to think, what is it that I really want this reader to know? What is it that they have questions about. What are the issues that they would want to have addressed in a book on this topic? And creating the outline. Uh, I believe you don't ever start a book just like randomly start and you just write. No, you put the outline carefully. You carefully craft that outline first and that creates your structure then so that you can begin writing. Yeah, I I, I remember going through that process uh, of creating that outline and and I think I created using post-it notes just trying to how would this all work and once we had that gave clarity now I'm not going to say we stuck to it exactly but it, but it pushed us in but it pushed us in the right direction absolutely I think the other thing that is one of my biggest tips for starting on your book is most people think oh well you start on a book you start with chapter one (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the hardest place to start I would never start with chapter one Uh, I would start with whatever chapter in the middle is calling to you generally the first chapter sort of sets up and is the premise for the whole rest of the book. Your last chapter is the summary chapter. So the first and last are the hardest to write because it really requires you to have that big vision of where you're going and where you've been. So I think it's smartest to start in the middle, uh, somewhere where you just know that content backward and forward, and you can just jump in and write it. Now, obviously, fiction is a whole different animal, but I'm really talking about nonfiction books right, right, here. Right, 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 And uh, um, I, I, that was told to me a long time ago by a, a friend of mine who's a journalist, because I was going through writer's block or, or something, and I go, where do you begin? And she goes, in the middle. That's exactly what she goes. I, I begin in the middle. I, I, the, the, the meat of what I want to talk about, I start there, and then I build it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a lot of times what I end up doing, not only for me, but in the authors that I'm working with, uh, we'll find that sometimes the beginning is really not where you start writing. Uh, a lot of times I think I'll maybe even be starting from the beginning, but really it's more powerful to start in the middle of a story or in the middle of your example or as action is continuing so that you pull your reader in and and then continue on. So I think writing out of order is one of the best tips that has been given to me and that I've shared with my clients. In fact, several uh, folks, in fact, my very first uh, coaching client, that, that woman that I... Uh, coached for free at my chapter. She said, Kathy, that was that she said that was awesome. That was that was life changing for me just to be able to start in the middle and then go from there. Because the other thing is you want to create momentum. You want to create energy and excitement uh, for yourself because it is this big, long, difficult, arduous task. (laughs) So you want to create the momentum and feel like, oh, yes, I've got a chapter done. And that's what starting in the middle or whatever is inspiring you to write, that's where you start. When you said that, I also remember, I remember something that you said 
about small wins for big gains or something along those lines. And it sounds like, so I don't have to sit down today and write the whole chapter. No, I could sit do down, not. <laughs> I could sit down and write, maybe think about what would be on that first page. Or the middle page. Or the, oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm a slow learner. Yeah, but just a page. A page. Um, and again, it could be anything that is sort of speaking to you and saying, I, you know, I know exactly how I want to tell this story or I know what I want to share about this secret or this idea or this tip. And that's where you start. I'm going to take it in a little bit of a different direction, but still on, on, on the same topic. So if somebody in my audience is going, uh, I, I don't like to write, whatever, and a book might be too big of a first step. But they, but they want to, you know, they want to start writing more uh, articles for publications or whatever uh, on their topic, or they want to start their blog. And, and that was part of the conversation we had last month of how do you take a, a, a blog, your blog postings, and that might be a great place to start and then take that into a book. Yes. I love the whole idea of starting with a blog because it's something so doable. It's it's such an easy little chunk. Typically, when we're talking about blog posts, we're talking about, oh, anything from 400 words to 800 words. I typically, mine average out around six, 650 words. Some authors do longer, some do shorter. It really doesn't matter. Whatever Whatever works for you. But it's a short nice little chunk of writing. And the whole idea of writing something that is 650 words, that's that, that, that's so doable. You can sit down in an hour and, and get that done. And that is what is so empowering for a lot of folks is knowing that if I, if I construct this right, if I, if I am going to write a blog to book, as this is the, the title of my, my newest book is blog to book, uh, if I just write a blog post a week and I do it consistently under the same umbrella, under the same theme, and I and I work with an outline, at the end of a year, I have the content for a book. Now, there may need to be some revisions or some changes, um, some editing as there would in any book, but it's a great, easy way to chunk out your writing in very doable kinds of steps uh, so that you can have that book at the end of the year, I, and I love that because I, I was I was one one of the reasons why why I, I went because I've had a blog now since I think two thousand fourteen, <laughs> and I, I've gone back. I, I have I'll be transparent. I, I've not completely done my homework uh, because I haven't gone through and, and, and organized as you were talking about it in, in the seminar, but I just went back to look at all the different categories and stuff that's out there. And okay, I, I can see going through and, and, and doing some additional writing this year to tie a book together at, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 goes back to what you also said: small wins, big gains. Just these little small wins. But I, I think that most people, have, you know, I, I've got it on my. I think got on my calendar today at eight o'clock that I'm going to sit down and write for an hour. I, I can have it on my calendar, but doesn't mean I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> 
this is one of the biggest challenges for so many of my clients because they're busy people. You know, I mean, we've got we've got busy jobs, we've got busy personal lives, uh, we've got a lot of stuff on our plate. So, how do we get it done? Well, first of all, I do think it, it's important to put it on your calendar. Um, it's much better than your to do list, by the way, because your to do list essentially is a list that we work by urgency. And your book, <laughs> while <laughs> your book, while while important, will probably not be urgent unless you have signed a contract and you know you're you're um going to get the second half of your advance, you know, that way, then it might be urgent. But otherwise, your book isn't ever going to be urgent. So therefore, it needs to be on your calendar. But then the the challenge becomes, how do you honor your commitment that is on your calendar? That is really the hard question. Uh, one thing I encourage my clients to do is if you if you have it on your calendar and you have to cancel, and that's very understandable. I mean, even uh, our favorite lunches that we have with our best buds, uh, we sometimes have to cancel those appointments. But generally, if we cancel one of those appointments, what do we do? Reschedule. We reschedule. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of honoring the the importance of that commitment and then honoring it, uh, either then at that moment or at some point in the near future. Yes. And I think that is is a challenge. Don't think of it as you're rescheduling a dentist appointment. Think of it as you're rescheduling an appointment to write this book that you want to accomplish. And and I don't know, I, I, I am a CPA and I think the P in CPA for a lot of us is procrastination. <laughs> I think I've turned that into an art form over the years. Uh, but I think everybody has that because it is daunting and it's writing. And, and, and you were saying, sit down and write for an hour. Uh, how, however, you're not done. No. <laughs> well, here's, let me go back to this one point, though. I'd like to just uh, elaborate on just a little bit more. It's Writing your book is not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. And I told that to my one of my clients. We were talking about it. And she goes, "You're right. This I'm really writing this for me. This book is important for me. So I'm not. It's not something I have to do. It's what I get to do." So what she did was create um, a worksheet. And basically, what she does there's two things. First of all, at the top of the page it says, "I get to," and and she has then work on her book. And then what she has is our little time blocks for the next time block that she's going to be working. So she has it identified if it's going to be, you know, tomorrow at eight o'clock in the morning or whenever she has it identified. And she also has identified what it is specifically that she is uh, going to do. So it's not just being sort of vague and um, work on book. No, it's finish the characters in chapter two, or finish that little vignette in chapter three, or I need to do some more research for chapter six, so let's do that research. It's very specific kinds of what she needs to do, what she gets to do during that time block. Yes. Well, I like that. I I, I don't have to. I, I I get to write this book. That's 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 great. I. 
Yeah, and I think I'm, I, I I wrote it down. I get to. That's going to go on the top. I get to. And I, I am going to start scheduling in more detail uh, about sit down. Okay, you can take an hour and think about the outline. And then we're going to work work from there and, and, and move on. But, you know, I'll go back to what I was saying about it's not done in an hour. You said, you get, you're right, you're done in an hour. No. 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 I, I, <laughs> the editing, I think, is the hardest part. Oh, well, although some pe- some of my clients, that's where they want to go first. In fact, I just scheduled a call with a, a client who's been working on her book for some some time now, and she's she's made good progress. I think she has over 15,000 words, so she's making good progress. And she had a whole list of questions to go over with me, and we started going through them, and I said, this is an editing issue. She goes, <laughs> oh, really? Really? Okay. She said, okay, I'll put all that off till editing. Then we went to the second issue, the third issue. They were all editing issues. She's getting way ahead of herself. I said, first, you need to write the book. Then you edit. And that is such an important thing that, that everyone needs to understand. We are wearing ourselves out if we try to edit and write simultaneously. They are separate brain functions. And if we're editing as we write, we're switching between brain functions, which is exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. So if you feel tired after you've been writing, it's probably because you're not just writing, you're writing and editing. You want it to be just perfect. You want every word just to be a little gemstone. And the fact of the matter is you should just slop it out there, let it go, and then clean it up, go back and do the editing later. That is a separate function only to be done when you are done with the first write, the first manuscript. Right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of learned that by um, just, I'll, I'll put on, I'll use a dictation feature, whether it's... Dragon Naturally Speaking. Yes, that or, or, yes. or the function on the Mac. And I'll just, I'll talk, I'll talk it out. I'll just, just talk. And actually, it's a little bit quicker in doing that. And then I'll walk away from it. Uh, for about a day or a year, no, a day or two, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and and then I'll then I'll come back and, and put on the critical eyes and and, and run it through a uh, Grammarly, a, a software program to, to catch it because I, I I'm not a quote unquote trained writer. I've learned a lot, but I even take my writing one extra step. And I, I, a few people mentioned this at at the workshop is even after I've gone through my editing, I send it off to somebody else to to look at, to go through and, and, and do their editing as well. Absolutely. You cannot really edit your own stuff. Uh, now, the time will help you do a better job, time away from the project, but we tend to read as we're editing, what we intended to write, <laughs> not what we actually wrote. Mm. Which makes sense. I mean, that's the way our brain went. I mean, that's what we thought we said, but that's maybe not what we actually said. That's why it's important to either give it space and time or better yet, let some other eyes look at your at your writing. That just, well, let me ask you this question. Because uh, I use this a lot of times when I, I'm teaching, you know, presentations, public speaking. As you're sitting there and you've put your PowerPoint together, and if you're sitting there editing it, looking at it at your desk and going, okay, 
Okay. Okay. I go, don't do that. I mean, say the words out loud because they're going to, and I'm seeing that you should do that as well with this, with your book as, as, as you, after you go through the editing, then, then talk it out. Cause then, oh, okay. No, no, that's not really what I meant to say. I, I think it helps it, you catch things a lot quicker. Yes, you do. So reading it, uh, printing it, and then looking at it, printing it in a different font or in uh, different typefaces is another good strategy. Looking at it from bottom to top instead of top to bottom is another strategy so that you're looking at it with fresh eyes. You're, you're wanting to catch things that you didn't see before. So these are all techniques that you can use. Oh, I never thought about changing the font or the font size. Uh, looking at looking at that that differently. So, but then if I start at the bottom, I'm, I have to read it backwards. And... No, don't read it backwards. <laughs> but just kind of scan it because then all of a sudden you just see things differently if you're looking at it back to top or into into top. Can you? Uh, th- th- I think someone tell me about reading, skipping every other word or something like that in the editing process. To, is that? I'm just that thought just came into my head. I'm not sure where that where that's from. There's all kinds of different strategies. I've never actually used that one, but um, but whatever works for you. It's 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 the whole notion though is look at your writing with fresh eyes. So any way you can do that, I think one of the best for me is I need to print it and really look at it that way. In fact, I just wrote a a blog post for my newsletter uh, that's coming out on Monday, and it's something I've I've spoken. I've said, I've done this as a presentation, but I've never written it. So I typed it up and um, and then I printed it. And now I'm looking at it today and I'm saying, no, it's just, there's some awkward things in it. It just doesn't read quite well. But that's all I needed to do to kind of spruce it up and clean it up and have it be ready for publication. Yeah, I, um, I recently, I got asked to write uh, with a friend of mine, uh, a white paper for the AICPA on uh, how to present data, like kind of like financial storytelling. And I decided I, had a, I, was, I was delivering uh, an hour and a half presentation on that topic. So I mic'd myself with my uh, uh, handheld digital recorder and recorded the whole thing, sent it off to be transcribed. And once I got it back, man, I had so much content to play with that I just started moving things in, putting it in a place. And then no, and just, it was like, playing around with a puzzle. And for those of us who get in front of an audience and every time we speak, we should be recording what we're saying because that's articles, plural, that could be, you know, the basis of, 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 a, of a book. Absolutely. That's content. Yes. <laughs> content. Yay. So, and I'm a big, big believer in the whole notion of repurposing content. So you give it as a speech that becomes a blog. Your blog becomes an article. Your article becomes a social media post. Your social media post becomes a workbook page. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can repurpose the writing that you've done so that you are using that same content in new and fresh ways because it's too hard to write that we shouldn't get like maximum value from every time we um, we have all of that uh, sweat equity in our writing. <laughs> right. And, and I, I've been doing that a lot lately, repurposing stuff over the last Three four years that I've three years that I've, I've been writing, uh, put it in like I said, put it if it's a blog, I combine if you made an article or repurpose it maybe out on LinkedIn, different venues, and and yeah, that's that's really 
that's really helped a lot because, yeah, you said we get a lot of sweat equity into it. Might as well get every ounce out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, one of my authors asked me one time because we were talking about the fact that she was going to be doing a weekly blog. And I said, well, you'll have a, your book at the end of the year. And she said, isn't that cheating? <laughs> and I said, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, I did a, a webinar yesterday for Author Learning Center, and we were talking about this, and someone asked the same question. Is it ever not okay? And the only time it's not okay is if you have assigned rights, you've, you've written for a publication, and they require exclusive rights or first-time publication rights or something such as that, then you have to honor those rights. But otherwise, unless you have assigned rights, it's yours. You, you own the copyright for what you have written. So therefore, you can use it in all of these different forms and formats. And I highly encourage that you do. I, I Exactly. I, I do too. And whether you're uh, an engineer, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a salesperson, entrepreneur, have your own business, uh, the more you write, the more you get that content out there. It raises your level of authority as well as when you put things out on blogs, out on the internet, raises your SEO and you become more visible when people are searching for, okay, I need a specialist in this. Um, your writing will, will help will help in your increasing your visibility. Absolutely. Well said. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, can I write like it? you said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's, what's a, another common challenge people have with, with writing? One of the things I suggest people do is find their happy time and happy place to write. And uh, it's not always what you think it might be. So that's why I encourage my clients when they're starting out writing is to do some little tests and to do some time writing. So time, uh, do a time writing uh, in the morning, first thing. Do a time writing at lunchtime. Do a time writing uh, in the evening, late at night, and and see when you're, you have your highest productivity. Um, even though I am not a morning person, and I want to <laughs> emphasize I am not a morning person, it's just amazing. I find that that is my time to write. Um, maybe because I am nonverbal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it, but I can write it. Uh, so it, that works for me. <laughs> oh man, I just think I I, I I am a morning person, but I, I I don't like to talk much in the morning at all. And, and I love that because yeah, I, I can go down and write and be nonverbal and just yeah. put to do that disturb sign down. Yes, yes. The other thing is to find out where you tend to do your best writing, because some of my authors they like to go to their Starbucks, their Panera, it's craziness, it's busy, there's noise. They can write like crazy in that environment. Uh, even though I am an extrovert and I love to brainstorm when it's kind of crazy and busy around me, when I'm writing, I need to go to the cave. So knowing what suits you and your style is is really important as a as a writer because the whole idea of your if you're going uh, for a book and you're writing a book you're going for the long haul this is like training for a marathon mm-hmm. so we got to think about it like a marathon we got to think about upping our productivity we got to think about how we can get 
those uh, training p- times in. And one of the ways we do that is to figure out when we can how we can up our productivity. So if it means that I can write twice as fast in the morning in my cave, then I need to be sure I'm blocking time in the morning in my cave so that I am producing at my highest output. Yeah, I I don't think I could. I, I Squirrels, ADHD, what? Hello? I don't think I could do it at a Starbucks or, or a Panera. I, I'm the same way. I have to be in a, a quiet area that I can just kind of you know, turn email, turn all the distractions off and just kind of focus on it. Because once distractions start coming in, I, I get, I get distracted. That's the name. Distractions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that whole distraction thing, which, which kind of leads us back to that conversation we started around productive procrastination, you know, that, because that is a huge issue for almost all the authors that I work with. Um, and only you know if it's truly procrastination because sometimes we can we can fool ourselves by saying, oh my gosh, I got everything on my to-do list checked off. But you know, you didn't do the most important thing, which was your writing. Right. So it's important that you analyze. Uh, with the author that I was meeting with yesterday, she said, oh, I'm doing this research and it's very, very interesting and all of this. And I said, but is it just productive procrastination, really, (laughs) in the guise of research. And she said, oh, oh, (laughs) she said, busted. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm good at uh, productive procrastination. Uh, I, I, I should have a trophy for that. Yeah, yeah, the Clean Desk Award and yeah, getting all those things done that you had been meaning to do for so long. That's when you know that it's kicking in. So <laughs> be, beware. <laughs> I'm going to go back to when you were talking about these timed uh, writings. You're not, you're not sitting there going, okay, uh, I'm going to time myself for the next 15 minutes and I'm just going to write. Uh, in the workshop, you would, you, you would put up a picture. And you told us you have two minutes. Start writing, and and you, and you, I believe you prefaced it. Look at this picture, and how does it relate to what you your do? Yeah, yes. your topic, what you do, and then after two minutes, you know, stop. So you might have maybe a paragraph at that point in time, but it it, it forces you into this writing. Or I think you said use current events. Hmm. You can use your own prompts. You can. It, there are lots of uh, if you if you Google prompts, writing prompts. There's a ton of stuff out there. You can subscribe to. There's some apps where you can get a prompt a day. There's there's all kinds of stuff out there that that if you need prompts and lots of lots of writers do. They found it very helpful. Um, one of the fun ways that you can do prompts uh, is to go to. Um, oh, it's um, I don't remember the exact name of this website, but it's basically it's calendar days or something like that. And if you want to know like what today is, what to March the 2nd, well, then March 2nd might be, you know, Cheesecake Appreciation Day or something bizarre. (laughs) And use that as your prompt. You know, um, sometimes the most bizarre prompts will get you thinking in a really creative way. Um, I was just uh, talking with a a thought leader in uh, critical thinking hats, and uh, she said it's called lateral thinking. When we relate this new topic or this 
picture or whatever it is to our current topic, it creates lateral thinking, which which fires up a whole a whole bunch of other synapses and good stuff in your brain <laughs> so that you're really thinking creatively. Hmm. That's interesting. I have to, I have to look that up. I'm going to look up when's, you know, National Makers Mark Appreciation Day. There you go. I, I think it's I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think it's every day in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and being a Kentuckian at heart, because lived in Lexington for twenty some odd years, yeah, that's 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 yeah. every day. At least for most of my friends, it sure seemed like it was. <laughs> um, but that's great. That's that's great advice on on using prompts with lateral thinking because it does help with you know the, the synapses, but I also think it helps. And remembering stories, mm-hmm. and stories are critical in any all parts of your writing. That how do you tell a story? And this was my challenge: how do you tell a story that's not chronological? Well, at this point, I did here. This point, I did here. It's like okay, what's the overall theme, and how do you you, you craft that into into a story that that. Get, grabs the essence of, of, of what the message that you're doing that, that's powerful, but it's not chronological. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of great journalism, great journalism usually starts in the middle of the story. It starts with something alarming, something interesting, something provocative. So it pulls you into the action. In fact, look at great literature. Typically, great books don't start with some boring setting all, but no, it pulls you right in to the story. And that's what um, we we all need to do in telling our stories is pull that reader right on in, which means we we may need to start at the middle of the story. I've heard that somewhere before about starting in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, where was that? Somebody <laughs> brilliant said that. I think. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think so too. Um, <laughs> any last thoughts or, or advice uh, on this topic to my audience? Well, I, I think there is something really significant about momentum and building that momentum, that snowball effect. So to start where you can create impact. So start at those easy sections and then keep track of your word count. See it build because that is exciting because if you start and you have no words and then and at the end of an hour, oh gosh, well, I have, you know, 500 words or 600 words or maybe even a thousand words. And then you start seeing that build over time. One of my clients had a, put a thing on her uh, refrigerator. She had one of those marker board things that you can put on your refrigerator and she would put her word count. And so she would show every day how she was she was upping her word count for her book. And that is really thrilling to see. Yes, it's it's growing. It's it's becoming a book uh, right here in front of my very eyes. So capitalizing on that notion of momentum. So to, to bring this as a full call back to an earlier conversation, when you wrote the book in six weeks, mm-hmm. what did, how many words a day did you average? I don't, I don't even know because sometimes I repurpose. See, so, so that's where I have always 
repurposed my writing. So it doesn't all have to be new creative writing. In fact, for my blog to book, the, the, my most recent book, when I started, I thought, you know, I probably have at least a third of the content already written because I've been blogging about this for the last three years. So I went through and I pulled and, and I started building the content because I'd pull from this blog post or this uh, chapter or this training session I'd done. And all of a sudden I saw 5,000 words, 10,000 words. And then before long, uh, I realized that I really had, I don't know, like over 18,000 words written, already written. And it was a matter then of identifying what needed to be, what were the holes that I needed to fill and then uh, focus on those things. So, so that makes it go fast. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. And um, I, I, before before we leave, I, I can't not ask this question uh, because I, I we'll give everybody your website so they can find you and all that information. But I understand that in your spare time, you like to sing. I do. I and, do. And you've sung professionally <laughs> with the Kentucky Opera Company. Also, and in a one-woman show titled Dream It, Achieve It. <laughs> and in a comedic presentation, Aging Sucks. <laughs> You know, because a couple of my books were on aging, and uh, and I thought that would be funny. I did that for my NSA chapter several years ago, and it was it was a lot of fun. We did parodies on instead of um, I could have danced all night. I did I could have slept all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very fun. fun. Oh, it was very and, fun. <laughs> and, and and so do you do that? Do you do that? Aging sucks or dreaming of achieving anymore? No. No, I don't. I don't. But I do still sing with my church choir. In fact, I was at choir practice last night. So that's that's my one singing outlet that I really still enjoy. Oh, that is that is so cool. And I'm glad you put that on your website because I do love when I'm researching, I can find these little things that, you know, you, they, they go, why? I hear, man, you really did read my website. Went, yeah, that's that, <laughs> it's it's like it's like that one thing people say. Well, tell us something. Tell the audience something that nobody would ever know or ever think about. And I think you doing a comedic presentation called "Aging Sucks" fits in that <laughs> fits in that genre. Because it does, you know. <laughs> yes. But but it is better than the alternative. <laughs> That's true. Every day above yes. ground, sure beats. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Well, as that one country song says, everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to go right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I, I love it. Kenny, love it. So how can people find you? Okay. They can uh, go to my website, which is kathyfyock.com, C-A-T-H-Y. F is in Frank, Y-O-C-K, kathyfyock.com. Uh, you can email me at kathy at kathyfyock.com. Um, so I'd, I'd love to hear from folks. I love to do uh, complimentary strategy sessions with folks who are thinking about a book. Uh, maybe they don't know where to start or lack clarity. I'm happy to sit down, talk with you. And I've done these. Um, I, I did one with a woman in Africa through Zoom or through Skype. And so I'm happy to meet with folks from wherever uh, so that we can get their books started. Well, that's good information. And, and please take 
up her offer because when we hang up, I've got to get scheduled for my uh, session that I I failed to answer that question in the email about this. And I realized as I was preparing for that, I, went, I never gave you that answer. And the answer is yes. Good. <laughs> and and, and we'll, we'll talk uh, when we finish. So once okay, again, that sounds good. Kathy, thank you so very much. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You gave some great advice. And those in my audience uh, will hopefully this inspires even if it's just one person to to start this process but i hope many others do so once again thank you so very much thank you i would like to thank kathy again for taking time out of her schedule to give us tips on writing a book you can find out more about kathy on her website at www.kathyfyock.com and that's kathy with a c or email her at kathy at kathyfyock.com. In episode 44, I interview Courtney Kirschbaum, who is a human development and high-performance expert who specializes in helping young professionals choose the right career and achieve mastery in it. Remember, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you'd like to purchase a personalized signed copy of my book, Improv is No Joke, using improvisation to create positive results in leadership and life, for $14.99 and the shipping is free, please go to my website and you'll see the graphic on my homepage next to the Yes and Challenge. Please allow up to 14 days for shipping. Thank you again for listening and remember to use the power of Yes and to get your book done. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.